This is Face the Music, an ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode 092, Prologue. is the first song on time. It's the band's first theme album since El Dorado. For the first time, the album isn't credited to Electric Light Orchestra. The official name on the label and spine of the cover is shortened to E-L-O, with periods between the letters. Prologue sets up the album's story of a man who was accidentally yoinked from his life in 1981 and dropped into the year 2095. Is it all just a dream for the protagonist? In a 1981 episode of Interview with Jim Ladd, Jeff Lynne said, Well, this is what I'd like to know, because it's baffled me since I wrote it. If he has actually gone, or is he just thinking about it? You know, I don't really know either. It's one of those things, sometimes I think, is it, you know, it could be real, or it could be a dream world thing. I'm not sure. So I'd rather not say, because I don't know either. I'm supposed to, but I don't. Prologue was covered by Jim Davidson in 1985, parodied by Loons Till Death in 1984, sampled in Borderline by Jean-Paul Van Engelen and Robert Marsilia in 1996, the Loons Till Death in 1994 for the song The Seven Never Dims, and by Cher in 1999 for her song Believe. It was also used in the Japanimation intro for the 1983 Daycon 4 convention. We're going to attempt time travel. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsensen. And this is so freaking cool. I love Prologue. The first time I heard it was November 1981. Played on KZZP. They would play Prologue and go into Twilight when Twilight was the single. And I just think all of this is so cool. I love sci-fi. I love time travel. Every time I hear this start, just as soon as the fade-in just starts to build up, before the synth strings kick in, I always picture seeing a huge cityscape in the future. Like, I don't know, maybe shot from the view of out on one of the Great Lakes or an ocean, like, like the closing credits of Barney Miller, where they have that shot of New York. Sort of like that. And there are tall, shiny buildings of glass and steel, None of them are dirty at all. There are flying cars whizzing around. You can see ships maybe sort of looking like space shuttles, but more futuristic, just going off at a steep angle, not straight up, just a steep angle. Obviously, one of the just regular trips, one of the regular shuttles that goes back and forth to the moon all the time because it's 2095 and that happens all the time. So... Richard Tandy, Jeff Lynn, 
all the people who worked on Prologue, they did a fantastic job of creating a futuristic cityscape in my head. I love the background noises that are going on, and then I really love it when the... I'm going to guess synth strings? I know it's synth. I don't know if I want to call them strings or just synthesizer. Comes in with that. I love that tune of that. And that Cylon voice is really cool. And when you listen to this on a good stereo or good headphones, and that bass synth kicks in, uh, it just makes my eyes. I, I totally eargasm over this. And I understand why it's short, and it's got to be short. There's no reason to make it any longer. It does what it needs to do and moves on. But I wish it wasn't so short, but I think if it went on longer, it would have been like, okay, I get it. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, it sets the tone for the album and basically sets the tone for Twilight. I really never listened to it apart from Twilight. Mm -hmm. So I really don't have any strong feelings about it. It's just a minute and 12 seconds of opening. It's really good as an opening piece. I think the album would lose something if it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Because it does kind of go from you just had Discovery and Xanadu and now we're going to do something a bit different. And time does sound quite a bit different than what came before it. And it gives Richard Tandy a lot to do. Yes, it does. It gets to show off how great he is at, at not just playing the synthesizer, but creating an entire world with synthesizers. This is another time where I kind of wish I had been old enough to where I'd been following ELO. I, I was 12 when it came out, and yeah, I was aware of ELO. Hold On Tight was the first single, and that sounds ELO-y. I don't want to get too deep into it. But after going through, I'd say, Face the Music through Xanadu, ELO has a pretty set-in-stone sound. But like El Dorado, this one starts off and it comes from out of nowhere. I don't think you'd be seeing this coming if you were an ELO fan at the time that's been paying attention since 72. Before El Dorado, you had all those heavy cello, eh, here's an orchestra we got with two cellos and a violin. And then at El Dorado Overture, you get this huge orchestra that overtakes you. And it just changed ELO forever. And it's the same thing with Prologue and Time. It's got an unusual beginning. This is an album that's starting. It's not just a collection of tunes. It's also a signal that Jeff Lynne may decide that he's going to write something this time around, that he actually put some thought into it rather than, huh, let's just chot uh, off a bunch of words that go with the music. I can see that. Groose, for example, yeah. Even though Don't Bring Me Down was a great song, but lyrically it's kind of rhyming and throwing in made-up words that actually meant something in German. When I was younger, in my early teens... I used to record albums of parodies. I did not know how to play any instruments, so what they were was me plugging in the microphone on the right side, and I'd sing over records. And I made two albums of those, in 82 and 83. And then in late 83, I hatched the idea, what if I parodied an entire album? Nobody's ever done that. So since I liked time so much, I parodied every song on this album. I think I recorded it in uh, December. 1983. The release date, in my mind, in my total mythology of my little parody band, The Loons Till Death, it was released on January 1st, 1984. So, of course, I have to parody Prologue. Um, I got an allowance of $5 a week back then. 
My parents were pretty much just middle class. They did not throw around money willy-nilly. I didn't have access to a vocoder, and I certainly couldn't afford to book time at Chateau Recording Studios in Scottsdale, if I could even get there. So, since I didn't have a vocoder, I belched the prologue to the song. I knew there was a meathead in you somewhere. (laughs) Well, there was a 14-year-old boy at the time, which, by the way, that 12, 13, 14-year-old boy is still there. Got something to say about prologue? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? Have a message from another time. If you donate to the podcast through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash ELOPod, you can get bumper stickers, produce an episode, or for just $1 per episode, $4 a month, you can hear shows a week before they're released to the world. Or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address ELOFTMpodcast at gmail.com. Well, hey, this is Troy, and here we are, about to talk about my third all-time favorite ELO album, Time. If you are new to ELO and you have not heard this album before, man, are you in for a treat. This is really ELO at their best. And now we start off with the prologue. Wow. I didn't even know about the prologue until I bought the album in 1983. I had bought the Twilight 45, but the prologue wasn't included in that. So when I put the album on and the prologue starts, I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. A great use of a vocorder. It's a little bit spooky, kind of like maybe if Rod Sterling had been turned into a robot after his death. And it really sets up the album nicely. I don't know if VLO have ever performed the prologue and Twilight in concert together or not, but man, it would make a great concert opener. I wish Jeff would do the Time album from front to back. Oh, that'd be so great to see. And I don't know why they didn't release the prologue with Twilight anyway. Probably some top 40 stations wouldn't want to play such a long song. But when you add the prologue to Twilight, it makes Twilight maybe a little over five minutes. Well, some of these stations played Stairway to Heaven. That's over eight minutes and wasn't even released as a single, by the way. They had no problem playing Paradise by the Dashboard Light. That's almost eight minutes long. American Pie, over eight minutes. MacArthur Park, seven minutes. Hello. But anyway, if you buy the album, you get them together. And it's a nice introduction to a perfect album. Talk to you later. Are you on Facebook? 
Okay, sounds like you are. Make the experience more enjoyable by joining the Facebook group Jeff Lynn's Blue World. Not only can you post anything even slightly tangentially related to ELO without some tin-plated nerd with delusions of godhood blocking, deleting, or removing you, but you can win sh ELO calendars, ties, even tickets to Xanadu. Ah, oh, crap! Uh, not the movie, the play. Jeff Lynn's Blue World. I think God the dream came true. Time, a screenplay by Curry Thomel and Don Solo. It's 1981, and Bruce is a super genius who works for the Defense Department. The top secret project he's in charge of is a DNA locator. He can find anyone on the planet. He's also the synth whiz of a band on the verge of making it. He loves music, but it's the government gig that pays the bills. The band has an important show with a record executive. However, the military wants to see proof in the morning that the DNA project is feasible. Bruce's boss demands that he stay and finish the project. Bruce must make a decision that will decide his future. Great moments in electric light orchestra history. Like many creative people, Jeff Lynn would rather be creating than anything else. Bev Bevan helps him with a business business. I lead this group with Jeff. And although Jeff leads ELO musically, you know, I take care of the more mundane things, some of the business side of things, and, 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 and interviews, press stuff that Jeff doesn't particularly enjoy doing, and more visual side of things as well. And, and on stage, I'll, I'll do a lot more than I do in the studio. So that, that sort of thing works out well, you know. We've got a good understanding. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? The song I did like, but the voice, it's creepy. Wow, she liked it. Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 093, Twilight. And I'll, so ignore Eric, whatever he says, for now.